0: it is Wednesday, the 22nd of September. Welcome to Two Guys,
1: One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And let me just say that two weeks is too long to wait for a grand final. I mean, look, I've been enjoying consuming a bit of football media, but like you, there's just not enough around. And I've been listening to stuff that I would not ordinary ordinarily listen to because i'm like something needs to fill the gap there's too much padding going on right now some of it i've liked a lot of it i haven't no here's what i
0: would say there's been not enough padding there's plenty of space to pad and there's been a distinct lack of padding like as somebody who's wanted to consume every bit of football media that i possibly could like i mean I know more about Cody Waitman's dad than I know about members of my own extended family. <laughs> like, I've listened to interviews with players. I've I've seen Josh Bruce helping deliver merchandise in oh, at the office. I've listened it, to I an, I an interview with Josh Bruce. Like, I am,
1: like, fully in for whatever there is. There is not enough. Are you doing both sides of the aisle? Are you dipping in into any Melbourne stuff? It's all Melbourne stuff. Oh, my fucking God. Like, here's what I am going to
0: enjoy if we manage to fucking get up and win on Saturday, is spending the entire week after the grand final going back, re-listening to each and every one of those fucking podcasts and writing a list of all the people who've (laughs) said that Bulldogs can't win the fucking grand final and then spending the next six months contacting them individually and personally.
1: If I was a Melbourne supporter, I'd be getting very nervous because I know what you're saying. Everyone thinks that Melbourne is going to win. I've never or, if you if you had not seen this season and you
0: only consumed football media you would think this is the most lopsided grand final in fucking uh, history. I have been amazed at the like even if people go hey the bulldogs have got a chance because of this eventually they all pick
1: melbourne as their tip. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel it's been as – I think maybe you're a bit sensitive, Will. I don't think – what I've listened to hasn't been that lopsided. But no, what I'm not I,
0: saying the commentary has been lopsided. I'm saying just if you did a tally of here's everyone's yeah, tips. Yeah, yeah. If you Ever- printed them in the paper, it would be like 80 people on one side and it would be like three on the other side.
1: It feels like everyone the, – the, the byline seems to be, I think Melbourne are going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if the dogs could get up. And yeah. so to me, if I was a Melbourne But what's your tip? Melbourne.
0: That's what every. That's what every one of those conversations. They'll talk for forty five well, minutes about how the Bulldogs can win, and then they'll be like, "What's your tip?" And they're like, "Melbourne." Yeah. And you know funny. what we love at
1: Bevo's Bottom Boys? People <laughs> riding us off. You are playing into our hands. That's exactly what I was thinking today because I I, I think you're one hundred percent right. Like a lot of that talk around. I mean, it's it's interesting. I've been listening to a lot of, um, you know, uh, the age has been doing these. Um, they've been going back and reading excerpts from what's that? Uh, the Bulldogs Martin
0: Twi- Flanagan's uh, book is that the one you're yeah. talking about?
1: Yeah. Um, um, what's oh. it called? A glimpse in time, or a wink to the stars, a, or a, a wink a, t- uh, in a, the universe. to heaven, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> a nod in time saves a wink in night, or something like that. And then they do they alternate that with like Melbourne interviews. So I've I'm in been, that book, by the way. I was interviewed for that book. I believe oh, that
0: I am actually in that book. I have not featured in any of the <laughs> recreations they're doing on the Age 20 podcast.
1: But it's it's working because it's getting me more invested. I actually mm-hmm. thought that I really wouldn't. You know, I didn't. I, I wasn't that engaged with this 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 grand final, but it's working or getting all that backstory like the Eastern Woods story. I had no idea yeah. about, I'm like, he seems like a fascinating young man. Like the way he, you know, he didn't want to, um, he didn't think he, he was going to play football because he didn't like the way, you know, the junior coaches told him you have to be aggressive and it's all to be about win. he just wanted to fly for marks and stuff. And then, you know, when he met Bevo, Bevo's like, I don't want you to play like that. I want you to, Play like you and Bevo cried like after their like their first like close victory and like Eastern Wood was like oh my god like you can cry at a football club and I'm like oh my god this is amazing like what a backstory the fact that like you know growing up on the farm and he's they went r- rabbit shooting and he shot a rabbit and then he went to his mum and said I'm not doing that again and you know he's always stuck to his values and then playing in the grand final with a busted ankle I'm like this is fucking amazing like but then I heard Max Gorn getting interviewed Max Gorn like having two knee reconstructions and, you know, people writing him off. And I'm like, oh, I want Max Gorn the it's like, week. It's, it's totally working. Like, it's getting me very excited. Here's That's something about Max
0: Gorn that I found amazing to learn. Uh, he's I, very, he's I, very tall. I, I don't <laughs> think you will have um, heard this, so I'm, I'm happy okay. to share this bit of information with you. But apparently, back in the day, he used to enjoy a cigarette on the way to training. Oh, I
1: hadn't heard so, that. No, no. no
0: they've kept that a secret
1: did you know that scott pendlebury has a background in basketball <laughs> i did not know that wow <laughs> uh yeah so it's good stuff but you're right the, the bulldogs have been written off and if i was a melbourne supporter i'd be like stop saying we should win this stop trotting out like you know all these melbourne legends and what an emotional day it's going to be and I feel like... I was listening. I I could not believe. I was listening to some...
0: So they did this thing on SEM where they had Mike Sheehan in and they went through through the history of the Norm Smith curse. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. That's 25 minutes of my day. So I had, had. they had a legend on who was talking about the fact that when Max kicked out the goal in the final round... And everyone celebrated the Norm Smith curse had been lifted. And I oh, was like, oh, too early.
1: mate. Don't go the early cry. Don't say that out loud this week. What about Mike Sheen saying, oh, I caught up with uh, Simon yeah. Goodwin uh, at the Portsea pub at the start of the year. And he looked around and said, we could win this thing. It's like, what the fuck are you saying, you idiots? No, up. not we
0: could win this thing. The way that I've heard that story be told is that Mike Sheen was kind of like, you know, actually making fun of Simon Goodwin. And he, he actually said, oh, no, no, no! We're going to
1: win the whole thing. If we don't get any injuries, we could win the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But don't say that, Mike. As a Melbourne supporter, you shouldn't be saying that. That's the that's a great story, Mike, to tell next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so has your because you were uh, uh, for lack of better word effusive last week. You were riding high in an amazing victory. And then I've noticed a little shift, you know, in the other podcast we do that you're looking a bit nervous now. Things are, like the joy has dried up a little bit. It's getting near go time. How are you feeling days out from this grand final?
0: No, no, I'm feeling pretty good actually. Like okay. I am. I, no, I'm pretty calm. All right. No. Yeah. Surprisingly calm. I think part of it is that I'm obviously not let to go. It's going to be a very different experience to 2016. I mean – that moment I shared with a hundred thousand other people in a very public way. Whereas this, I will be sitting alone in my house, like, you know, watching it sort of by myself. So it's going to be a very different experience, but no, I'm, I've loved it. I, I, it's just been so rewarding. Like Mm. there's such a great group of young men to find out about. (laughs) And the more that I find out about them, the more that I am impressed by them and every single one of them tells you a story about Bevo that gives you a better idea about Bevo. And I've said this before. I said it when Bob was captain and Bevo came in. But for me, I've barracked for the Bulldogs all my life. Hmm. But the Bulldogs were always, they had a character that isn't necessarily my defining character. You know, the things that they valued as being super important just weren't reflective necessarily of me and who I was. And but Bevo's Bulldogs, these boys, these young men and the sort of story they have and the mission they have and the way they play with, you know, empathy and crying and telling people, no, I want you to be the best version of you. The famous story from 2016 where he's like, you've all just got to play your instruments, you know, like, and you've just got to work I out what you don't mean you're- masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean masturbate. Jake Stringer, get out of there. And We don't do that until after the game, remember? <laughs> we turn the lights off, we play that song and we all masturbate. But yeah,
1: it's not gone out.
0: It'll be fine. <laughs> Go bottom boys. But yeah, no. I've um I've loved it. I've it's been great to have the time to, you know, see all these stories unfold. So no, regardless of what happens on the weekend, I've I've absolutely enjoyed. And because of what happened in twenty sixteen, I have been able to enjoy it. Like I mm. am not care. I mean Absolutely, I would love them to win. And um, I think they, like, you know, if they play their best, they can win. But, you know, I I do understand from
1: every football podcast I've listened to that we're going in as underdogs, Charlie. Which I think is such a great position to be in. And even from the reporting I've heard over in Perth, most of the kind of, like, public support is for the Demons as well. It's mainly red and blue. And that kind of doesn't surprise me because, you know, Perth it's a it's a fairly wealthy uh aristocratic kind of like city I think that blue bloods respect blue bloods but wouldn't it be great if the fucking scrappy little dogs from the west of Melbourne the west of the east came over and just upset the party I I mean I would enjoy it (laughs) I'd be a rat I think there'd be portions of of like I think you know Frio fans would enjoy it I think anyone who sort of identifies as like you know the little brother you know, Port, well, I was going to say Port Adelaide might. Port Adelaide would probably
0: hate it. Well, they are the Bulldogs, though. Like, I mean, now they've got Bob Murphy, they've got Simon yep. Garlic, they've got Matthew Boyd. So, I think if you're Fremantle or if you're a Fremantle fan, yeah, you don't want Melbourne or the West Coast version. So, if you're a Fremantle fan, be on the Bulldogs' side.
1: Yeah, I think you should be. <sighs> uh, other news this week: Well, uh, Carlton finally, uh, their the search for a coach has ended. Uh, claro. <laughs> very ominously, I thought, said, look, no, definitely not going to coach next year, but a year out, The year out max, and then I'm back. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, that must just – A, I think if you're like Michael Voss who's just signed the contract and then Clarko goes on 360 and makes that announcement, you're like, well, fucking hell, are they going to try and knife me in a year's time to get Clarko? Or are you looking at the coaches who potentially like – Stewie Jew has gotta be nervous about that. Apparently they've extended Stewie Dew for another year, but that feels like, you know, he's probably on a nice edge. Maybe Ken Hinckley. If the anger doesn't subside over the next twelve months, if Port Adelaide have a, a middling year next year, then, you know, you could you could see him going there. What do you think is what do you think is more likely to happen? Who would you would you rather be Michael Voss or would you rather be one of the other coaches in this situation? I think
0: there would be very few coaches in the entire league who would want to have a bad season if Clarko yeah. is available. That's the truth. Like, there'd be some who you wouldn't swap for Clarko. Like, I mean, obviously, Simon Goodwin, like, Luke Beveridge. I think... Dimmer. I think Dimmer. I think Chris Fagan, unless it was some sort of transitional, you know, sort of thing. Um, I don't know. Like, after that, like, there's almost... Like, I mean, Adam Simpson's a great coach and, like, you know, has a contract. But, like, if you had another bad season and Clarko was available, like, would West Coast well, look at Clarko?
1: Well, that's the other thing, is I also feel like maybe it's got to be a club that can afford him. Like, a West Coast could afford Clarko, Carlton, Collingwood, any of the big clubs. North, GWS, you know, GWS Gold Coast, St Kilda, we can't really afford Clarko, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, we'd love to get. What a if Clark. they I don't chipped think in? Afford him. Like, what yeah, if right. a couple of the bottom clubs rattles some like, tins? <laughs> yeah, no. well, he coaches part time each club. Yeah,
0: that's what I was saying. So, like, yeah. maybe like St Kilda and Gold Coast have like a Clarko arrangement, where it's like every second weekend.
1: I mean, I think depending on who your who your coach is, would it be better to have Clarko every second week? <laughs> like, so insistence one week and then Clarko every second week. Or would you rather stick with, like, um, Stewie Dew?
0: <laughs> no, no, I love the... I think every second week would be the road right of Clarko. I feel okay, like so you everybody... your
1: current senior coach. Yeah. So Stewie Dew stays, but Clarko just comes in every second week. Every and second picks week. Stuff up.
0: He's like a consultant, like yeah, an AFL like consultant. Ruse. In fact, you know what? Yeah, it'd be great if you could just hire, like, a coach, just, like, you know, a specialist coach for, like, you know, however, like, period of time... But he's a freelancer. So like Clark, I could do a month with the Tigers, but he could also then go and do a month with the Saints.
1: Uh, now, well, it is our last, the last regular two guys one yes. cup of the year. Uh, we will be doing our post grand final show. Tickets still on sale. There'll be a link in the episode description. And I imagine that my club or, or summer version of two guys one cup will be coming at some stage. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do with that, but I get the feeling there will be a, an off season version of two guys one cup. Whether or not that's both of us, whether or not it's me and someone else, whether or not it's you and someone else, haven't decided yet. Uh, But seeing as this is the last regular Two Guys, One Cup, I thought we should revisit an old favourite one more time uh, with this article about a twerp. Uh, The headline is, Harden up, Corns hits back at the sensitive power after scathing criticism. How have you seen the twerps year? How have you rated him?
0: I mean, oh, vital part of the game. I mean, particularly... When Robbo, yeah, we lost Robbo for a considerable part of the season. I think the twerp really stepped up to feel like a gaping hole in the Australian football media hot take uh, landscape. So, no, no, no. I'm like, I think we need a twerp, and I think yeah. the
1: twerp is pretty good at being a twerp. Okay. So, uh, this is from Fox Sports, Ben Cotton. Port Adelaide champion Kane Corn says his former club needs to harden up. Over his criticism towards them after last week's preliminary final loss to the Western Bulldogs, Corn yeah. labelled like, the. Powers
0: remember per- when he said that Ollie Wines had no weapons.
1: Corns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should talk about Ollie Wines. We we'll get to that in a sec. Corns labelled the Powers' performance an embarrassment and said it buried several. And said it buried several players. And the club reportedly took exception <laughs> okay. to his assessment. With veteran journalist Caroline Wilson revealing on Five A Five A Radio um, that there was a level of disappointment that two of its former greats, Corns and Warren Trege, were the biggest critics after the horror defeat. Now that seems a bit weird, right? That just because they played for your club and now they working in the media, they should treat you a little better. Like I've heard Nick Revolt pretty be pretty scathing about the Saints, Nick Del Santa, Joey Montaigne. I don't feel like I feel like if anything, players tend to go a bit harder at the you know, Brad Johnson's probably the same. They go a bit harder at the club they used to play for because they don't want to be showing looking like they're showing some kind of bias. I mean Brad Johnson is probably a bad
0: example. He's never yeah, gone hard on anybody in the entire world. He'd like yeah. he'd find some really nice things to say about Hitler after, you know, a match. But um yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Wilson said there was a view at Port Adelaide That you, Kane, and Warren were stronger than anyone else in the Adelaide media. Given your time at the club, when it challenged to win flags and took a few years to get there and then lost finals, they should have won. You, of all people, should have understood. Even Kane, I wonder if there's an element for you with your relationship with Ken Hinckley. When you quit mid-season to go work at another club, the club felt they wrapped their arms around you and supported you. Perhaps there's a small amount from your point of view that should be more supportive of them. All right. So that's what Caro's put to Kane. What do you think Kane's going to come back with? Just okay. Well, just
0: before we get to that, just before yeah. we move off Warren <laughs> Treadray he's gone like full anti-mask, anti-lockdown. Oh, has lockdown. he? Lockdown. Yeah. He's full on into that world. So. Great. So a couple of real prime quality twerps. One
1: a professional <laughs> media twerp and one an actual online twerp. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> Korns, a 2004 uh, Permission player, admitted it can be tough to critique the power, but didn't back down from his criticism. No. It is an interesting role when you come into the media, and it's the most challenging part of doing it, is how you comment on your former club, a club that you love. But! I <laughs> know <laughs> it's always going to be a but. For a club that sees itself as the most ruthless club in the competition, that their mission is, we exist to win championships... Can you imagine former coach Foz Williams being sensitive to a couple of media comments in the back of what I believe is their second most embarrassing performance in Files history? <laughs> I love it.
0: I mean, I see you and I raise you. He's come yeah. out hot, hasn't he? He's just like, oh, no, 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 no. I am not apologetic or repentant in any
1: way. Corns then highlighted how Port Adelaide's football boss, Chris Davies, described the club's prelim final efforts as an abomination. Kane said nothing I said was stronger than abomination. You don't get any stronger than that, he said. <laughs> Me showing clips of Port Adelaide players shirking contests in the first quarter <laughs> of a final that was set up to win should not affect Ken Hinckley. And if it is, Ken, I'm not sure and if it is Ken, I'm not sure that he's sensitive to these comments. I think he's got to harden up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to drink a nice tall glass of concrete and harden the fuck up. And that's editorializing for me. Because no one has said more nice things about Ken Hinckley in the last nine years than myself. I've been incredibly supportive. I'm true. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Absolutely but no one. That would be true. Yeah. Fred Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel for the supporters who booked their tickets and spent thousands of dollars to come over. Everything is set up for them. If the club is sensitive about some commentary from two former players who have a job to do, then I think they need to harden up a little bit.
0: I love how <laughs> uh, he brought in the supporters, though. Like as if he was speaking on behalf of on the, behalf like the, supporters. the supporters rather than just on behalf of the, himself and his media career.
1: <laughs> uh, now, well, last week we uh, analysed the teams that did not make oh. the eight. There's now six more teams to look at. Uh, So we'll start with the first of these teams. And uh, what was the rating system? It's a Jared wait and see for next year or a uh, give them a good caning. So that is our grading system. So let's look. I mean, it doesn't
0: really work as well once we get into the final eight because wait and see was like, okay, when it was the bottom eight, but now it feels like that's understating it, right?
1: What do you mean? That like they've already proven themselves.
0: Well, don't you think so? Like, you know, like, is there a higher rating than Gerald? Wait and see. I, I guess what I'm saying is, for the final okay, A, yeah. we seen. probably need like a like a twerp. Like, we need a Gerald. Wait and see, and we
1: maybe need something that is like above that. Okay. Who's um, another journalist then that we could? There's a Caro. It's like, well. I guess with the, about the, the, the wait and see, I think about the finals is like, I, I guess it's relative to what the expectation of the team is. Like okay. Brisbane, you know, uh, or like, I mean, I think like the, no, sorry. I think the Bombers who are the first team would be a Jared wait and see because it's like, oh, they exceeded expectations, but they lost that first final. But I think there's a lot to be excited about with what's going on there. So that's a wait and see. I think that the grading still applies. Okay. All right. You've talked me around. Okay. So Essendon. <laughs> 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 for me, it's a Gerald. Wait and see <laughs> for uh, the reasons you just outlined. <laughs> eleven wins, eleven losses. Uh, they won three of their last five games, but as we know, uh, lost to the Bulldogs in the first final. Uh, yeah, a lot to like. I think it's it's amazing. I think when we go back to our preseason predictions, we both had Essendon like way outside the final eight, and they just lost Joe Danaher. They just lost Saad was kind of hard to see where the improvement was going to come from turns out darcy parish is a pretty good footballer the package finally delivered uh to quote
0: a btism so jake stringer was amazing um yeah and i just thought all over the ground like that sort of next generation of their like deep midfield like some you know really impressive young players like you know they they really seem to have picked up a lot of you know players you can see playing for them for the next ten years. So I think there's a lot of upside for for Essendon for sure. And you know who knows about the book. they were with us until halftime, and then it started raining. And this is a team, the Bulldogs that have now proved that they could go to Brisbane and beat Brisbane, and go to Port Adelaide and beat Port Adelaide. So maybe that puts Essendon's performance in some context as well. Still haven't won a final in seventeen years. I mean, there is that. (laughs) There is a slightly large elephant in the room. (laughs)
1: Uh, Next team is the GWS Giants. Uh, uh, 11 wins, 10 losses, 1 draw. Um, Pretty good percentage. They. How many? Let's get out of here. Uh, They won four of their last five games. Another team I wrote off in the preseason. I thought that Lee and Cameron's days were numbers. The big question mark, I guess, around them is w- what do you do with Steve Cornelio? Um, two really average seasons. He's the captain, just not playing anywhere near his best. He's been injured. Do you just, I mean, do you take the captaincy off him and give it to Toby Green and just try and let him find some form? Do you hope that another club would be willing to take him and pay out the last five years of his seven-year contract? That's 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 the big question. On paper, it's pretty tough. Like, for a guy who was, you know, signed
0: to this incredibly long term contract because he was a gun player, you know, he was obviously a leader off the field, you know, he was recognized for that. And then on the field, he was recognized with the captaincy very young. And then it's been absolutely nothing for a disaster, like, both, you know, I guess in a captaincy sense, at least on the field, and then his own performance on the field. It's been really tough. I would have thought. The toughest thing is if they went to him and said, we're going to take the captaincy off you, and he went, who are you going to give it to? And they went, oh, you know, the dude who Literally hit the umpire. Any- <laughs> Literally <laughs> You know the guy else. who kicked another player in the head and bumped an umpire? Yeah, we well, you reckon he'll be a better captain? Like, it's on paper, it's pretty rough. I would um, have thought I'd- if you're Cornelio,
1: yeah,
0: the best thing you could do as a leader is walk into the club and say, "Um, I want to concentrate on my football next year. And I think the best way forward for myself and for the club and for me to contribute to this club is I will be a leader on the field, you know, and absolutely Mm. still contributing in that sense. But I think it's probably best for me and for you guys at the moment that, you know, we have another leader. And I think if he did that… People yeah. would respect the shit out of that, and I think that's probably the best way to do it.
1: Yeah, they'd say we want you to concentrate on your footy as well, and you'll be doing that in Fremantle. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking nice there.
0: Like, they don't wear masks, everyone's out and about. The Grand Final's over there now, it's fine.
1: You'll be hanging out with Bob Murphy and, you know, doing... Yeah, Bob Murphy's over there, mate.
0: You, you want to get over there. Bob Murphy's over there.
1: Uh, Giants, the best thing about the Giants year, I reckon, is A, I mean, I wrote them off off with, with a lot of people, and I think... We saw a new side to the Giants. Like, they're forever, they've been the Ferrari, you know, they've been the kind of, like, the school prefects have been the Cobra Kai, and they had their first proper year of adversity where fucking injuries and, you know, losing close games, losing to, like, the Suns, like, all this kind of shit that they kind of compressed what St. Kilda's done over 140 years years multiple times and they had it all in one season. Yeah, and I think they got they themselves
0: came... some history. They did yeah, a they got crash
1: some... course in getting themselves <laughs> some history. Yeah, they they really did. And because they because they started at such an exalted point being like, you know, the yeah. love child of the AFL and given all these riches. And it's like I mean, have you seen the movie Overboard with Goldie Horn? <laughs> Where she's like this rich bitch, and then, like, you know, she falls off a boat and bumps her head, and Kurt Russell and his blue collar family are like to take her in. And I mean, now that I think about it, it's kind of a creepy film. Like, they gaslight the shit out of her. And, <laughs> and you tell know her what that I shit. would love,
0: though, is if, you know, because every team has a theme, if they revealed in another documentary <laughs> that Leon Cameron's theme had been the Goldie Horn movie Overboard. <laughs>
1: But I feel like in the same way Goldie Horn learnt the qualities, the the, the good qualities of yeah. blue-collar life, that's what happened with GWS. They learned to fight and scrap and dig in and rely on their teammates. It was very, dare I say, Bevo's bottom boys-ish, what they did this year, the way they kind of got in that bubble, us against the world, fuck everyone. And it was different to how they used to, because they used to do that, but it was more this arrogant, we're just fucking yeah. king shit, you know, try and keep up. But this was more like, nah man, we will do whatever it takes to win. And I like it. I think it was I think it was really, really cool. I was kind of hoping there was gonna be some inverse 2016 poetry where the Bulldogs became like, you know, like it was the Karate Kid TV series. All of a sudden, Ralph Macchio is the bad guy. And then you got the Bulldog, uh, the Giants coming up and having to kind of like work from nothing to get to the grand final. But I was very impressed with the Giants this year. They're a Gerald wait and see for me.
0: They are absolutely 100% a Gerald wait and see. Impressive. And you know what I loved about it was I, I like this kind of next generation of players. Like, mm you know, Walker and dudes like that, they're all very entertaining footballers to watch. You're like, oh, these guys will be cool to watch for like years. And I feel like that club that club's got a vibe. Like I think that lockdown was really good for them having to be on the road for all that time. It felt like it really bonded them. Like it was it was a good season for GWS.
1: And it's good for Leon Cameron as well, because I think there's two things that came out of that making their Mark documentary. Mm. One was like, oh, Steve Canelio is a captain, you know, from the very first episode where he brings out that little totem. <laughs> you know, his three-headed totem about this is the past, this is the present, this is the future. I'm like, oh, this guy. You Someone's know what they're going to call that? Corporate... It'll, be like,
0: it'll be the Canelio curse. And yeah. It'll be the totem and
1: it'll become to define the giants. <laughs> but also Leon Cameron's this old school yeah. coach who every swear every second word's fuck this and fuck that. I'm like, oh, man, compare him to like a Bevo. Or a dimmer, and it's like, uh, I don't know, he seems maybe a bit too old-fashioned, but I think I was wrong. I am uh, happy to admit that I think he's got more tricks up his sleeves, and he's obviously a good motivator of men. If Toby Green could just stop shoving fucking umpires and stuff (laughs) next year, that'd be great. (laughs) Uh, All right, moving on. The next team, we go to their crosstown rivals, the Sydney Swans. Fantastic year, really. Won four of their last five games. They won 15 games in total, 17 losses. Another one that we didn't even, well, I did not put in the top eight. I can't remember if you did or not. I don't think so. Um, I think we all knew last year that they were building towards something. I just don't think we knew that they were going to build so quickly. Surprisingly, I thought they were going to go further in the finals, but um, uh, they've got a lot to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Like, I mean, I thought it was a great year for the Swans. I think, like, you know, great bunch of, you know, new kids, like Buddy back playing good football, Papley just, like, entertaining. Like, I mean, one of those players you'd love to have on your team. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) as an opposition, yeah, absolutely hate. But, like, one of those players that you'd love to have on your team. And just, like, you know, Parker had a great season. Like, there's a few people leaving, though. Dawson's going, right? And... Yeah, yeah. Back to uh, and uh who else? Um George Hewitt? I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> is it related to Jake Lloyd? The Sydney Swan's story. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> He's like another one of those guys. The halfbacks or something like that. Yeah.
1: It was funny. I was watching um uh, Jack Steele highlights this week in the lead up to the Brownlow, and uh one of the games where he I think he got votes, there's a there's a bit of play where Jake Lloyd is streaming out of the Swans back line, breaks one tackle, breaks two tackles, then gets a steal and gets tackled. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Jake Lloyd. Still don't know who you are. <laughs>
0: well, I am going to put a little picture of George Hewitt into our chat. If I can work out how to do that. chat. Uh, if this works, and they've got,
1: see. they've got a lot. The, the exciting thing about the Swans is they seem to have that balance, right? Between the veterans and the kids coming through. And if Buddy, And uh, Parker and Kennedy can stick around for like another year or two. You think that'll just be the perfect amount of time for these young guns who, the amazing thing thing about the Swans is they seem to have like younger versions in all the key posts, like in the midfield and defense and attack. It's like, oh, they've done a really good job of, cloning their veterans and getting like younger versions of them.
0: Yeah. It's basically like, you know, when the Wiggles recently just introduced (laughs) a new generation of Wiggles. I feel like that's what the Swans have done.
1: Yeah, totally. And they just did that. They've done that Geelong thing where it's like, ah, yeah, we'll be bad for a year, but, you know, we're going to be playing finals again. So it's
0: almost like the Swans look at their team like, you know, it's like your wardrobe basically. And they're like, okay, those shoes are getting old. I'm going to need a new pair of shoes. I'll just get a new pair in. And I'll start wearing them in. And then by the time my old shoes have to, like, you know, go, these new ones will be nicely worn in.
1: Do you think there's maybe, we're going to get to the Cats, but when you compare sort of Horse and Chris Scott, like, Chris Scott's come under a lot of kind of scrutiny about having got the Cats to all these finals and prelims and stuff, but never winning. And then you look at Horse and it's pretty much the same thing. Like the Swans have probably played less finals than the Cats, but he doesn't have that reputation. And in the last 12 years, they've both won our grand final each. Why does Horse escape criticism? I mean, I think that people see more of
0: the future in the Sydney yeah. Swans. I think if the Sydney Swans were still doing what Geelong are doing, but it feels like, I think, even if they fell away a bit this season, I think as a Swans fan, you would have been like, oh, no, I can see where they're going. We've got all these great new kids. Let's give them some time. And they actually overperformed, I think, you mm. know, based on that. So I I think with Geelong, when you look at, okay, who's that next generation of guns at Geelong? That's where you, it's, you're like, who is that? Who's their next, like, Who's going to be their danger or their Selwood or whatever from that next generation? It's not really apparent, I don't think. Who's going to be their next race, Stanley? That's what we want to know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Did you find a picture of George Hewitt?
0: I did, but then I realized that I tried to do this last week and drop it into the message window, and for some reason I can't work out how to do that.
1: Uh, Did you hit send once
0: you dropped it in? Um, Yeah, look, whatever has happened, I
1: can't do it. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Uh, the Brisbane Lions finished the year uh, same uh, Sydney 15 wins 7 losses won 4 of their last 5 games got to start asking some questions about Brisbane now don't you 3 years in a row 2 years that played a a, a prelim uh, uh, in their home state is that right? yeah prelim yes Um, and have cocked it up both times now I don't like criticizing Brisbane because I feel like that's criticizing Chris Fagan. But you just start to wonder, don't you? Just a little just a little bit of a whisper. Just a little bit of a whisper about why Brisbane can't win a big final. Oh, I don't know. Is there like really? I mean they
0: lost to the Bulldogs by a point and the Bulldogs are gonna play in the grand final. They might win the grand final. Who knows? Like it doesn't feel like Brisbane were that far away from it, right?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one though because you sort of feel like it's a bit like the Port Adelaide thing. Where you remember Port like that that breakout year in twenty fourteen, and then it's like you get all excited, and it's like why can't they take that next step? And then other teams around them, like the Bulldogs coming from nowhere in twenty sixteen, like Richmond coming from nowhere, seem to just just they don't have that nervous nineties thing where it's like oh we get to you know the the edge of the the diving board and we can't jump. But for Brisbane and Port and Geelong, you know, it's got to be set apart from last year. They just can't seem to to bridge that gap. Yeah, but like apart
0: from last year when Geelong were like in front at half time in the grand, grand final. Like, I mean, we are so harsh on teams that do so fucking well and almost get there. And then we look at it like it's a disaster. We go full cane twerp on Port Adelaide Were you're like, Well, Port Adelaide had a pretty good season. They got to the final four teams. They were clearly one of the final four teams and then they did have a very bad night. And yes, you've got to ask some questions, but I don't know. Like it didn't seem like an absolute disaster.
1: So you're giving him a Gerald Wait and See? I'm Brisbane. Yeah, Gerald Wait and See? Yeah. Gerald Wait and See. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, No, I'm going to give him a good caning. Uh, and, And while we're talking about Brisbane... This was sent to the uh, Two Guys, One Cup Instagram account. Um, we don't follow Charles Cameron on Instagram, which is at charlesranger23, um, but in classic Charles Cameron style, he's um, posted a screen capture of the the tradie uh, riots that were happening in Melbourne this week, and his commentary is, this is sad.
0: Oh, it is sad. He's <laughs> absolutely sick. right. Just a man who just gets straight to the
1: point. Hashtag go storm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing we'll talk about is the uh, Cats. Uh, we sort of have talked about them already. Uh, pretty uh, devastating loss to Melbourne uh, in pre- the prelim. Where are they at? I had 16 well, wins, 6 losses. That's a fucking standout year, really, when you think about it. Uh, won three of their last five games. Lost the last one.
0: They are the team that you worry about don't look good enough. Like, you know, they don't look quick enough. They Their game plan seems like a little out of date. Like a whole bunch of assistant coaches are leaving. Like there does feel like Steve Hawking's coming in. It feels like mm. there's going to be a time of some sort of change at Geelong. But at the same time, you've still got Tom Hawkins and you've still got Dangerfield and you've still got Selwood. And you've got to think, well, while we've got these guys, do we still try to, I mean, Tom Stewart was such a big loss to them. Like I don't think you can mm. understate how big a loss he was to how that team plays football. So you put back him back into the side next year. You replace Lockie Henderson with somebody who's sort of younger. You blood some of those, like, you know, guys who are on the fringes who, you know, may have potential to be that next generation of players and, you see if you can still have a run at the premiership with your absolute legends, your A graders. I, I think they'll probably roll the dice and try again. Uh, but well, I they, reckon. I think to me, it feels like maybe they'll roll the dice and try again and finish like fifth or sixth.
1: They can't. They've sort of got no choice, right? I mean, they've sort of they've committed to this course of action. Of like we don't bottom out, and it's. I mean, for them to start again, they would need to get draft picks in and all that kind of stuff. They can't do that. They've got And they couldn't, can't afford it. They've got all these big veterans on huge salaries unless, you know, their top five players all want to take huge pay cuts. But I can't see that happening. And also, it feels like Joel Selwood had a very angry year, didn't it? Like, it felt like Joel Selwood... And I don't know how he got away with some of the stuff he got away with. Him and Trent Kotchin this year just were like, fuck it, we're just going to start swinging elbows and sticking fingers where they shouldn't go. It's interesting,
0: isn't it, with the two of them? Because obviously, like, they're both just incredible leaders and they'll do anything for their teams. And as you get older and slower and less skillful and capable physically, you probably make up with, like, by a bit of, you know, gamesmanship that sometimes (laughs) crosses (laughs) the fucking line into eye gouging (laughs) or something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But Cochin stepped aside from the leadership. Like, do you think there's value in, like, Joel Selwood stepping aside at Geelong or is he just such a natural leader that like, why would you change?
1: Um, I think he's a natural leader. I mean, I think there is, um, there is an advantage, but you wouldn't want to give it to like a danger or a Guthrie or one of their other senior guys. What you want to do is give it to like a 24 year old, you know, who's going to step up and, and know take the club into their, their next phase. But I don't know who that, player is i mean maybe cats fans probably know better than us but i I, there's no obvious candidate to it from from an outsider's point of view i don't think
0: i mean jeremy cameron and those guys are still all very good footballers but it just feels like there's like a few of their guys that are now in the last couple of years if you're not going to do it next year or the year after you then do have to genuinely clear people out
1: yeah get rid of them get get rid of the dead wood will Uh, and then the last team to discuss is, of course, Port Adelaide. 17 wins, five losses. They won their last five straight. They went into the final series, wheel with a head of steam, smashed along, and then we all know what happened after that. Um, now, Kane gave McKinney. Do you want to give McKinney or are you going to give him Gerald Wait and See? Gerald Wait and See.
0: I think mm. that they had a bad night, but they were a good team. And, you know, Charlie, if there's one thing that you can say about me, it's I believe in Port Adelaide <laughs>
1: and I still
0: believe in Port
1: Adelaide. I wonder if there's Port fans who listen to this and that just grinds their gears. That, like, that sounds patronising, you saying that. I mean,
0: I must admit, I went on uh, uh, Chris Dittmar, who is obviously a very identifiable uh, Port Adelaide supporter in Adelaide, his radio show today, but it was uh, a fill-in. So it was Andrew Jarman, Bernie Vince and Greg Blewett we're hosting it. And I did tell Dits that he, he, I did yell, suck that sucked in at him a lot. So
1: I must <laughs> admit, really? I was not,
0: yeah, I just kept going, suck in. Sucked in. <laughs> all
1: right. That is our uh, season review uh, to this point. Uh, to all the teams who got Gerald Wait and sees, uh, good luck to you. And to all those who got a caning, bad luck to you. <laughs> and now moving on. <laughs> yes. Well, it's time for the final pocket profile of 2021, uh, we had a a listener send in two options, one uh, for Christian Petrarca and one for Aaron Norton. I thought, because you are a Bulldog supporter and it is the last of the year, let's do an Aaron Norton. How well do you think you know Aaron Norton?
0: Haven't heard a lot about Aaron Norton this week. I mean, I've heard, obviously, a lot of footy commentators talk about how important he'll be to the game. But Mm. no, no, I would say that at this stage unfamiliar with Aaron Norton looking forward to finding out about
1: him okay all right so let's start with his nickname and let me just say I've never heard anyone use this in commentary or colloquially or anything like that this was a surprise to me but it is derived from his surname okay so
0: it's so it's not the astronaut which is what it, people it call it
1: it is not that
0: no um. So, but from his name, from Norton, not Norton. From, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, naughty. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Stop oh, there. <Norton. laughs> <right now. laughs> Stop there. I was going to be like naughty, naughty by nature. Why? Nature documentaries. David Attenborough. <Abra. laughs>
1: Why isn't everyone calling him naughty? It's so obvious, and yet I have not heard any commentators use this phrase, naughty. I mean, naughty. Would have BT would have been all over this. No, he's the astronaut in the commentary. As a kid, what did you want to be? An astronaut. An astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> now he's fucking with us. So I reckon he's just getting meta. <laughs> All right. This is a bit more difficult. Um, what team did you follow as a kid? It's a Melbourne team. One of the big four. Uh, um, whew, Essendon. No. Um, uh, Collingwood Collingwood I reckon he looks like he could have played for Collingwood in the 80s without a haircut
0: you know the only reason that I hesitated on Collingwood is that I spent a lot of time with Eddie Maguire and he had an encyclopedic knowledge of every good AFL player who barracked for Collingwood as a kid. And oh, really? Every time anyone would be mentioned, he'd be like, you know, he's a Collingwood supporter. And he always had this like secret list of we're going to lure them to the club because they used to barrack for Collingwood. And he never brought up Aaron Norton. So mm,
1: the system okay, broke down. Interesting. Uh, who is the best player you've played with?
0: Uh, so, a, a teammate, or yeah, so someone he's played alongside, Marcus Bontempelli.
1: Well, the great thing about this answer is he answers the Bont and then in brackets, Marcus Bontempelli. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this pocket profile is in the grand final footy record. We all know who Marcus Bontempelli is. Oh, sorry, we should take a point. I said, let's talk about Ollie Wines. <laughs> Rewind a little bit. Brownlow, uh, Ollie Wines, very worthy winner. But what a head. I don't think we've ever discussed how big and wide Ollie Wines' head is. Like when they went to put the metal around his neck, I'm like, oh, how are they going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> they put an extra large, extra large sash to get around that noggin.
0: Yeah, it actually felt like they had to loosen it at the back like a cat's collar. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was less a brownlow metal and it was more a choker around his giant head.
1: And uh, did you feel like did you feel bad for Bont at all? He got so close, just one three three vote game away from being a Brownlee medalist? I mean, I hope that
0: Marcus Bontempelli at some stage in his life gets to say that he is a Brownlee medalist. Um But as a bottom boy and with uh, our mind on a bigger picture this week, I must admit that there was a part of me that if you want to like spin that narrative in your head of like Here's what's going to happen on grand final day. I've been very keen on the idea that Bont hasn't played like a, like, you know, you know, how he was playing middle of the season. Just he was like miles above almost anyone in the competition. I think if the Bulldogs are going to win on Saturday, Bont has to have that Dusty Martin game. And yeah. I think he's primed for it. He's been mm-hmm. warming back up into it. You know, he's got over the injury now. He's had that week off to get ready for the grand final. He's, like, captain on the day. And he came second in the Brownlow medal. And the best way to, like, not care about coming second in the Brownlow medal is, like, winning the Norman Smith medal and holding up the Premiership Cup on grand final day. I liked it. I felt like if he wins the Brownlow, that's, like, a bad sign for the weekend. Yeah.
1: That's not a Bevo's bottom boy. A Bevo's bottom no. boy doesn't doesn't win the Brownlow. Exactly. Uh Who's his most admired opponent? Um, Collingwood player.
0: A Collingwood player? They, they so, would be directly uh, Darcy opposed.
1: Moore. No, plays in the same oh. area as Darcy Moore. Um, has a pretty bogan sounding first and last name, it's got to be uh, said. Brayden
0: Maynard.
1: <laughs> Don't you reckon? That's, that's pretty bogan. <laughs> Brayden 100%. for that. Brayden Maynard. Brayden. Brayden Maynard. Okay. He's probably very well spoken. He probably went to a private school. <laughs> most of them do uh who is your all-time favorite player interesting not a collingwood player um someone that i enjoyed the work of through the early 2000s uh nick rewalt no um in in, played in half of the revolt era played in the first half of the revolt era a real Uh, cult hero uh nikki winmar no, no, no. Nicky and man Nick Revolt never played the same team. <laughs> Did they not?
0: Like, no. this is how old I am now that it all just kind of blurs together. Blurs. I imagine there was like two or three years where Nicky and, and Nicky played together. But I guess now in Richmond, <laughs> Nicky Spring, we went to the happen.
1: Bulldogs like three years before Nick Revolt was even drafted.
0: Yeah. I've got to be honest with you. There was an earthquake in Melbourne this morning and it feels like it happened three years ago. So
1: I don't know what time is anymore. <laughs> um, This man is something of a locomotive.
0: A locomotive?
1: Um, Oh, the G-train. Fraser Gehrig. First player you would choose in fantasy football? Yeah, this guy, yeah. He's an accumulator. One of the accumulators in the league. At the Bulldogs? No. Oh, so not Jackson McRae. um, Tom Mitchell. Tom Mitchell. Who is your favourite AFLW player? Ellie Blackburn. Oh, yeah. Who would you like to see as the halftime entertainment? Oh, God. This oh. is where I feel a million years old because I have to literally Google who this person is. Hang on one sec. Uh, okay. <laughs> so this is interesting. He's a rapper, an American rapper. Um, You won't find him at Woolworths.
0: Uh, oh, um, someone
1: Cole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> J. Cole.
0: J. Cole.
1: Oh, that is the most dad <laughs> thing to say. You isn't know, you're
0: young versus mute the rapper. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Colin, Colin Carpenter, Jay Colin Carpenter.
1: <laughs> if you weren't a footballer, what uh, what would you be? And uh, this just sounds like a joke, answer. So, the, so he names another sport that is barely a sport. Uh a there sport are professionals. Yeah.
0: I don't Darts, think it's near el- a professional yes, dark exactly. player,
1: or one hundred percent. I get the sense that you and not are on the same page. You, you haven't got like hundred percent strike rate, but you know what? You are like Josh Bruce. You're working in tandem. Occasionally, you get in his way. <laughs> Occasionally, you kind of like run back and fuck up his runner. But I think more often than not, you're, you're simpatico. It's good. Um, okay, this is a good. This is a good answer. A talent you wish you had. And it sounds like someone's been hanging out with Jason Johannesson.
0: Um, so it's something to do with fashion? No. I imagine. What, was,
1: what was Jason Johannesson's other interest? Um, Clearly oh, did, this is a joke that's going around the locker room with the Bulldogs.
0: Wasn't he into, um,
1: oh. We created know. a meme about it. There was a meme that was on our our Oh, stonks. Stonks. He wants to be able to predict stonks. (laughs) Oh. It strikes me that this is a joke amongst the boys. Stonks. He wants to be able to predict stonks. Um, All right. Continuing with the bloody zillennial, bloody lingo, this kid, describe yourself in one word. I mean, ironically, this is a, a young person's word to us, but I think to him it's kind of like, a kind of outdated word but it's it's um it's a online it's online language to describe someone who's kind of like a rookie a noob a noob <laughs> well done <laughs> well done. <laughs> This is like, there must be people who were born like after 1995 listening to this going, this is fucking unbearable hearing these two talking about the <laughs> these and two noobs, noobs J. Cole. Sitting
0: around talking about noobs.
1: What did you learn about yourself during COVID lockdowns? Okay. Um, this is a, a pretty a, a common, a, a cliche about life. You know, sometimes you just want to enjoy uh, some peace and quiet
0: they simple things. Mm, okay. Close, but no cigar. The biggest thing you missed during Hub Life? Uh,
1: his
0: pets? Some sort of pets?
1: Oh, you started to make the sound. Family. His family. family. missed His, his family.
0: family. <laughs> Damn. That was what I, yeah. I should have trusted my instincts.
1: Okay. Bit of a joke answer here, I'm assuming. Unless he actually went to a performing arts school, what was his best subject?
0: um okay unless he went to a performing uh, arts uh, performing high school performing arts high school so um what do you do it like um
1: uh, juggling um think more like, fame and fame academy okay uh, ballet dance he, his best oh. subject was dance do you reckon okay. that's true i mean he's very light on his feet i could see him being a twinkle toes.
0: I think that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he would like, I mean, I think his dance moves would be big. He'd be one of those guys. Like, <laughs> He could like... do
1: that leap at the end of Dirty Dancing. He needs someone <laughs> to catch him.
0: That, that was his actually, um, his end of season meeting with Bevo last season. He actually recreated <laughs> a scene from Flashdance. Bevo's like, just
1: meet me at a lake. I'm going to catch you by the hips. <laughs> What's the most enjoyable thing about hub life? Uh, yeah, it's a very common Australian pastime. Well, not just Australian, but a lot of Australians do it. done in many warm countries. Um, up in Queensland, you're more likely to do this?
0: Yeah, go on the beach, surfing, swimming. Surfing,
1: surfing. What is the least enjoyable thing about hub life? Um, it's a bit of observational comedy, I think, from, from noughts here, from naughty. Uh, Okay, so, all right. I'm going to have to give you a clue that would be, uh, Will, I'm finding this inane banter a little up and down. (laughs) Sorry, it's the worst clue I've done. I mean, I'm glad that we finished 2021 with the worst. This cryptic clue. He hates elevator chat.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) That does not fit the criteria of a clue that makes good sense after you hear the answer.
1: I couldn't think of what to say. Who is the biggest pest during Hub Life?
0: Ah, interesting. I don't really know who the biggest pest of the Bulldogs might be. Is it another
1: big forward? Is it some sort of, like, one of think his... I so. I believe he's a defender. Um, mm. I think he's a father-son, but not a father-son of a Bulldog. His father played for the Hawks. Oh,
0: okay. I, um... I think his father did, did. Yeah. All right. Did he also play for the Hawks? Uh, no. No. Okay. I don't think um, so.
1: Uh... I can't really uh, hmm. <laughs> I think if I can come up with another amazing clue. Uh, uh, no, well, let's just, uh, it's Billy Gowers. Okay. Is he Andy Gowers' son? I don't know. I and just I don't he was. know
0: where Billy Gowers is these days. Oh, what do you mean? Well, he's, he's not in the playing in our right? back line in the grand
1: final. Ah, is right. what I'm so, saying. You know. right. He's just in the twos. Okay, so what? why was Billy Gower's the biggest pest during hub life? Um, and it's kind of an insensitive comment to people who suffer from serious mental illnesses. <laughs> um, he has Tourette's? Uh, he's got 10 personalities. Oh, okay.
0: Well, maybe he does have 10. Like dissociative in-
1: disorder or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. you know what? Be yourself.
1: That's bit the way of Bevo's Bottom Boys. Who's the funniest teammate during Hub Life? Um, I have no idea who this guy is, but uh, let's hope he's not related um, to a certain uh, 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 disgraced Australian politician who's just been relegated to the backbench. Uh, Christensen. Someone Christensen. No, close no what's christian that christian oh,
0: george someone george no no what? porter oh christian porter no, okay no sorry. not
1: christian christian porter politician who's the bulldog no. yeah i understand oh, yeah. what All you're right. saying
0: i just understand yeah. your clue now sorry i wasn't okay. looking at my answer <laughs> okay right. um uh someone porter <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were just patting right you? callum porter why is he fo- why is he so funny
0: I don't know. Why is he so funny?
1: He's an elite storyteller. Elite. Elite. (laughs)
0: That's, (laughs) I mean, isn't it good that everybody at the club is elite in some way?
1: What makes you laugh? Carboy. No. This is a bit of a, uh, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a, um, uh, Who the fuck were we just talking about? Place with the power, Uh, former Captain uh, Treadray. Warren Treadray might say this. Who makes you, what makes you laugh? Uh, The government, politics. The the media.
0: The media.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's the first place you want to visit after restrictions lifted, travel restrictions lifted? Uh, In Australia? I'm assuming so, yeah. He described it as God's country, but it's not the Shire. So I'm a bit confused. It might be Uh, where he's from. Is he going back to where he's from? That's maybe it is in Perth, Western Australia. Is he from WA? He's from WA, I believe. Okay, Let's see where he's from then. Uh, Yeah, it's from where it's, I'm going to say it's where he's from. Do you know what it's called? No. Okay. If, um, if, if, if pigs formed a band. Oh yeah. (laughs) And they were the best rock band in the world. They might be called this. Um, uh,
0: Big Pig Bay, <laughs> Rockingham.
1: <laughs> What's the favourite sporting event you would like to attend?
0: Uh, one of the regulars.
1: One of the regs. Uh, I'm going to say eh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl would be correct. What's the last TV series you binged? This is also one of those shows it's um uh what's the word like it's like it seems to be on all the time on streaming. It Feels like it's on every streaming service. It's one of those shows hugely popular and funny sitcom. Seinfeld. The Office. Uh I'm assume he's talking about the American one. Yeah, probably. Favorite team or sports person outside of football? Oh for fucking sake. Who is this guy? Give me one sec. (laughs) Um, Okay, this guy, uh, his surname is a powerful aquatic creature. (laughs) Do you know who I'm talking about? And um, yeah, Jerry (laughs)
0: Whale,
1: Willem Powerfish. No. Do you know who that is? Absolutely not. He's actually he's a fisherman. Hang on. Oh. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go- I just put it into Google and the searches came up is Is Willem Powerfish real? Internet sensation, whose real name is Willem Ungerman, posted a video allegedly showing himself reversing a Ford Falcon off the Fingal Road boat ramp into the Tweed Nor- River in the northern New South Wales. Right. Okay. So he's a. You- this is the thing. Millennials, mate. Oh, Zillennials. Oh, we're not going to know who bloody <laughs> William Powerfish is. All right. <laughs> Three famous people you'd like to meet. Regulation. LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> like I think LeBron James is the cow baron of dinner guests. Um, one person he's already named? Um, An American? Uh, uh, Johnny Powerfish. <laughs> J. Cole. Johnny, Johnny Powerfish is Australian, I believe. And then who's Brodie uh, yeah. Mo- Moss? Uh, Brody Moss? I'm not even you know. going to look it up. It's probably some fucking YouTuber or something. <laughs> I don't care. He's pissing me off now. He's making me feel really old.
0: Is it Brody with a Y or an IE?
1: IA? IA. Brody, Brody Moss.
0: Brody Moss. I need to know now. Um, all right. Brody Moss is a popular Australian YouTuber. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, okay. Brody Moss is a popular Australian YouTuber, TikTok star, and social media personality.
1: I hate this pocket profile. <laughs>
0: oh, Brody Moss runs a YouTube channel under the name YBS Youngbloods, where he's collected nearly
1: two million subscribers. Oh my god. And here we are doing our fake radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's the best sporting event he's ever seen so he names a a cricket event uh, specifically a a, a specific cricketer's hat trick Uh, Shane Warren's hat trick no too young Uh,
0: um, who has recently taken a hat trick I don't know Um, if it's
1: recent but um, his surname rhymes with Piddle
0: (laughs) oh Peter Siddle hat trick when was that don't know
1: If you won $10 million, what would you buy first? (sighs) Don't answer, mate. Just don't answer. (laughs) Give us a clue. Well, you could probably buy about... Uh, uh, A house. Yeah, no, a car. car. Yeah. (laughs) Buy like a hundred of these. Uh, What was his first car? Just give me the uh, the, the, the model. The make, sorry.
0: Uh, It's one of the
1: japanese ones, I believe, yeah. Japanese or Korean. Okay, so uh, Daihatsu. No, but in that, you're in the right realm. Suzuki. Suzuki, the tar. Uh, what's his usual coffee order? It's a bit of a trick answer. He doesn't drink coffee. Doesn't drink coffee. And dream place you'd like to live. What is one of WA's most picturesque holiday destinations? Uh, yeah. Broom. Margaret service. River, Margaret River, and that is naughty by nature. Thank oh, yeah. you for making me feel a million years old. That
0: is the major takeout from this. Is yeah. like there'd be if I was talking to him at a party, there'd be a few things that would be absolutely on the same page as, and then he would talk, start talking about stonks and J Cole, and I'd be like, oh, I'm out of my depth.
1: Yeah, I uh, I occasionally like follow I follow my nieces and nephews on social media, and I occasionally will. Dip into one of their posts and read their comments underneath their friends' comments. And I get scared because I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Are they planning something here? Because I don't (laughs) recognize who they're referring to, what this slang means. Are they angry? Are they happy? What is going on? Uh, so uh, we're almost at the end of the show we're just going to dip into the mailbag for one last time but before we do that we're going to promote a few things Uh, one is our live post grand final show happening this Sunday 4pm on Zoom there will be a link in the episode description below it's going to be me and Will and the guys from Junk Time and some very special guests Broden Kelly Chaz uh, Lichidello and Titus O'Reilly has confirmed so we have two Bulldogs and two Melbourne Demon supporters being represented presented it'll be joy for one group and agony for another well hope not agony but at least some gentle good-natured ruby here's what i
0: will say is i hope the bulldogs win obviously for my sake but i also hope the bulldogs win for the sake of that's the funny titus o'reilly yeah i mean if we have titus if the d uh, if i mean titus will be great if the d's win but i think titus won't know what to do with that yeah. Like he will be experiencing something he's never experienced in his life. And
1: he'll be joy. like, how do
0: I joy? How do I actually get comedy out of joy? But if they lose, Oh my God, it's going to be amazing.
1: Uh, and tomorrow afternoon on Instagram live at two guys, one cup AFL on Instagram. Will and I will be giving our final video tips. We'll have to pat it out a fair bit because, uh, you know, I think you all know who Will's going to tip and I'm probably going to tip the Bulldogs as well, but you know, we'll find some other stuff to do. Uh, and, uh, what is the other thing I need to promote? Oh, no, question Everything. Will has a show, Question Everything on the ABC, 8.30 is on a Wednesday. was on this week?
0: ABC iView as well. And um, it was a really funny show. So uh, Tom uh, Cashman, who's been on previously, who was really hilarious. Mark Humphreys, who's um, absolutely great as well. And this uh, young uh, performer called Beck Melrose, who is actually been just writing on our show. Like we had a little intern position for a writer on the show and she came in and she worked on the show and we've just loved her so much. She's been so good in rehearsal when, you know, our team fill in for the panelists, you know, when we're rehearsing the show that we um, gave her an opportunity on the show and she absolutely fucking nailed it. So it's um,
1: really cool. So you should check that out. All right, let's open up the mailbag. This is from Peter. He says, Stefan Martin for the Norm Smith to make it three Martin Norm Smiths in a row. Mm. Can you see Steph Martin winning a Norm Smith? Well, I mean, if he
0: managed to play a game that completely nullified, you know, the major difference between the teams, because I think that's why everyone's back in the demons, is they think that Max Gorn, you know, he's going to win the ruck. If Martin managed to negate Max Gorn
1: after the game that Gorn played last time, then yeah, absolutely, he could win the Norm Smith. Um, I did a bit of trolling when I put the message out for uh, uh, getting questions and comments because there's a lot of talk around the grand final being referred to as the big dance and a lot of people yep. hate it. Scott Dooley uh, in particular. Lemo has jumped in the comments to say he also hates the big dance. How do you feel about the big dance? Well, you know what? I love the big
0: dance. Because, Me too. Yeah. Firstly, I love just love the feel of the big dance. <laughs> I love how mad it makes some people, the big dance. And here's the other thing. The other reason that I did not know that I love the big dance, but I now do. You know who loves dancing?
1: Aaron Norton. Bloody naughty.
0: Aaron Norton. And he's going to be out there on Perth's biggest dance floor on Saturday night.
1: Uh, Mitty wants to know how responsible are we holding Hawthorne for the overuse of horses these days? Will the AFL ban them for bringing the game Mm. into disrepute? has been appropriated, unfortunately.
0: Retrospectively. That's what they should do. They should ban horse on retrospectively because horses have used it some dodgy protests.
1: Could it be like Southern Cross Tattoos where what was once kind of the yeah. symbol of unity is now like, oh my God, don't use that. I mean,
0: wouldn't it be great if like horses got milkshake ducted That's what I love because it's become such an iconic. And then poor old Daryl, who's been sitting around riding high, being invited to rock festivals and the Melbourne Cup and stuff to sing horses. And then suddenly he can't get any work. A right
1: wing uh, attack on the uh, union buildings. Uh, Aaron wants to know, in Will's efforts to consume any and all Bulldogs content, has he listened to Cody Waitman on Dylan Friends from the other day? He seems like a top kid. I haven't yet. I should do that. Uh, Tony says, are they taking a piece of the MCG to Perth stadium for the grand final this year? And if Perth stadium and the Gabba ever met, what powers will the joining of these pieces deliver? Oh, so you think it's something like infinity stones. Oh yeah. They have to separate them. This is how powerful the MCG is. They have to take pieces of it and bury it in different places. Uh, Tim wants to know, what is the most embarrassing way for a top four team to bow out of the finals? Brisbane in straight sets, Geelong the emotional loss-win-loss roller coaster, or Port uh, win-loss two weeks of hope and then expectation for nothing? The most embarrassing. I think I think Port Adelaide is the most embarrassing just yeah. because of what they had going for them. The other ones, yeah. you can sort of say, well, you know, they whatever for whatever reason. But the Ports was just humiliating. I mean, it got cane Corns fired. It. Uh JD wants to know: With a COVID scare in Perth today, what do you think could make the grand final more entertaining if played without crowds? I think they're going to have a
0: crowd. I don't think that. We, I. I think they seem reasonably confident that it's not too much of a scare. Um. You get this close to the grand final, just stop. Shut the border. Stop the trucks. You know, we're close. Like, I know that people need shit, but just for a couple of fucking days, let's stop the trucks coming in.
1: Uh, Giant Davey wants to know how would you change the Brownlee medal to make it less fixated on midfielders? My idea is to add a Defenders Award as a reverse Coleman. Um, and then a the cheeky fellow has chimed in by saying if defenders were better footballers, wouldn't they be playing in the midfield? Yeah,
0: Well, I think that is part of the problem. The best players all play in the midfield and that's how the game is played. But um, I think there should be a best defender award.
1: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, it'd be nice in honour of Danny Frawley if they named it after him, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. The Danny Frawley defender of the year
1: uh taco wants to know with all the talk of the failure of the gold coast and the new team in tassie what do you think of the idea of a game between the gold coast and all the ex-gold coast players in the league and if gold coast lose they have to move to tassie
0: (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) what's the link to the
1: ex-gold coast players i can absolutely
0: see tony cochran pitching that to the (laughs) afl okay Gil, this is my last minute deal we play against all our ex-players
1: uh, Joe Brada wants to know Will are you going to Allegedly have an edible For the grand final
0: Yes I've restocked in, in okay. uh, Ready for Saturday
1: Is that more for Like a nerves thing Or just kind of like A hip pain thing
0: I mean I don't know Who knows anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ian who's in the UK Wants to know At 10.30am start time Is that too early To have some beers While watching No I don't um, think so It's no, a special absolutely occasion absolutely not it's like Christmas Day. You can drink anytime you want on Christmas Day. Grandfather yeah, Day absolutely. is the best day of the year. Get started early. I actually, because uh, I'm in Brisbane, I put out a, a question out on on uh, Twitter today asking where I should go with a couple of specific requirements. I want it to be like a genuine AFL. You know, I know that's probably going to be a very few of those places in Brisbane, but I want to go where people are actually there to watch the game and not going to talk, including my wife and her friends. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I want a beer garden so I can sort of yeah. like, you know, soak up some atmosphere. Um, Burning Clock says, how much, given how much the AFL and the teams make for merchandise, who is the bigger windfall for the AFL if they win? And what was the most profitable grand final of all time? In second thought, this might be a question for Sir Swamp Thing. Yeah, what I was going to say, us? not really
0: our area, I would say. But I know they sold a lot of those uh, uh, yellow Richmond
1: jumpers when they had to play in the yellow jumper. It is just such such a shame. Like you know, it, it is still COVID stuff. Because I would love, I would commission, I would out of our own pocket have paid to print up five hundred Bevo's Bottom Boys T shirts and send someone down to the MCG to flog them out of a suitcase to see how many we could have sold. Mate, we would have sold all 500, no doubt. Uh, April wants to know, what uniquely Perth thing should be included in the Grand Final Halftime Entertainment? Um, Basil um. Zemkis comes out, does a massive line of (laughs) coke.
0: And they're like, this cocaine was actually brought here from the inner city of Melbourne (laughs) for this day.
1: (laughs) Uh, Graham says, my question... Uh, is can duels unblock me please uh, oh yeah uh, no, unblock him. We have no no don't unblock him uh, what, uh, is Ollie Wines short with a massive head the inverse of Joe Danaher tall with a pinhead yes <laughs> and uh, Lord Zabba wants to know what kind of trezo pasta are you having before the game any suggested recipes I don't eat chorizo pasta and I have no recipes that is Two Guys One Cup for 2021 <laughs> remember our tips on Instagram at two guys one cup AFL and Sunday, day after the grand final, yeah, just make sure you tune in. It'll be entertaining
0: either way. I'll either be very happy or very sad. And play on,
1: not 15.
0: Well We are Two Guys, One car.